Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. What is the one thing that you value most in this world? Whether you have it in your possession or not, there is one thing that you value more than anything in this world. Well, what is it? It can be an object, it can be a place, a person, or a thing. Like the gospel, you would sell everything that you had, your house, your car, your portfolio, in order to obtain it. You would say or do anything to possess it. What is that one thing that you value more than anything? That once you possess it, your joy is complete. You would want nothing else in life. Well, what is it? Is it wealth, fame, beauty, good health, or maybe just to be young again? Well, in the gospel, Jesus concludes the teaching of the kingdom of heaven. We conclude chapter 13 of Matthew's gospel. Now, for the past few weeks, we have been reading from Matthew's gospel, and Jesus has been teaching us about the kingdom of heaven. Last week, we heard the parable about the wheat and the weeds. The week before that, we heard the parable about the seed that is scattered on different soil. Well, this week, we hear the parable about now the value of the kingdom of heaven. Listen how it begins. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and he buys it. Well, the first thing that we can take from this is Jesus is telling us just how valuable the kingdom of heaven truly is. It's so valuable, such that it's a priceless treasure. Now realize, the people in these parables are wise. They're not fools throwing away their money carelessly. Notice also, too, they gladly give away all that they have in order to seize this possession. And it makes them happy. They rejoice over it. Now, this is a great opportunity of a lifetime. Why? Why is the kingdom of heaven so valuable that you're willing to give everything away for it? Well, first and foremost, I think it's important for us to properly understand what the kingdom of heaven truly is. If you read the ancient church fathers, Origen, St. John Chrysostom, St. Athanasius, Augustine, they will tell you the kingdom of heaven is not necessarily a place as it is a way of ordering our life. Ordering our life to be the person that God created or intended us to be. Rather than the person that our society or our culture or maybe a person of influence in our life tells us who we should be, what we should value, how we should live our life. St. Irenaeus once said, 
God is glorified when the human being is fully alive. Well, when are we fully alive? When we're being the person that God created us to be. See, when that happens, then the world is restored to prior to the fall of grace with Adam and Eve. Go back to Genesis. Before the fall, it says God walked with easy fellowship with Adam and Eve in the cool evening of the garden. See, that's all that God wants from us. Adam and Eve, all of humanity, we are all created to be in relationship with God. St. Thomas Aquinas once said, God loved us into being. He loved all of humanity into being, which means first he loved us and out of that love we were created. God's love is diffusive of itself. It spills over. He wants to share it with us. That's why he created us. Therefore, in order for that life, that relationship that we have with God to be nurtured, it requires a daily prayer life, the Eucharist once a week, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, practicing stewardship, giving our time, talent, our treasure for the benefit of others rather than for our own benefit. What we have to realize is God created us, as well as all of creation, very meticulously and in a very loving way so that all of creation glorifies God, such that everything in creation is being exactly what God created to be and therefore glorifies God. I'll give you a great example. Just look at a flower, an ordinary flower that you may have in your garden. Well, that flower glorifies God because it's being exactly what it's created to be. The flower does not pretend to be a tree. It does not pretend to be a fish. The flower is simply what it is. It's a flower. It's created what God created it to be. In doing so, it reflects glory back to God. Well, so too with us. We are all created in the image and likeness of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Therefore, when we truly are the person that God created us to be, now we're fully alive. Now we're giving glory back to God. Because when God looks upon us, he sees his own image reflecting back to him. Therefore, he's glorified. And see, this is why the kingdom of God demands such a high price. Go back to these parables. Notice, both of these men, they sell everything that they have. They hold nothing back. Well, Jesus is telling us that's the price of the kingdom of heaven. Our very own lives. To give ourselves completely over to God. Hold nothing back. The kingdom of heaven demands the greatest price, the greatest treasure we have, which is our own lives. Now go back to that question. What is the greatest treasure that we value most in this world? Is it our house, our portfolio, fame, fortune? Instead, it's our very own life, a life that now we share with God. And in sharing that life with God, not only are we fully alive, do we glorify God, but now we possess the kingdom of heaven. Now, what's the potential problem? For a person to say, well, I know. I know the person that I am created to be, and I know what fosters that relationship. Prayer, the Eucharist, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. But the person says to themselves, I'm not willing to pay that price. I can't completely commit myself to God. 
Instead, I'm looking for a spiritual discount, a sale. They say to themselves, well, I'll practice my faith when I want and how I want based upon my own priorities. You know, they'll fit God into their agenda or their priorities when God is convenient for them. If that's the case, then there's something more valuable in this world than the kingdom of heaven for those people. But that can't be for us. Jesus makes this clearly seen for us in these parables. The kingdom of heaven is about ordering our lives to God and being the person that God created us to be. That's why it calls for such a high price. Nothing is more valuable in this world than the kingdom of heaven that God is offering us. What must we do? Give ourselves completely over to God, which means we sell everything, just like the men in the parables. Now, where is this most clearly on display? Well, in the first reading. Now, understand the context in which this first reading is set in. King Solomon right now has been appointed by God to succeed King David, his own father, as king of Israel. And Solomon says to God that he will completely give himself over to God as serving as king to God's people. Now, God is pleased with this. That's why it says, God said, Ask something of me, and I will give it to you. Solomon answered, O Lord my God, you have made me your servant, king to succeed my father David. But I am a mere youth, not knowing at all how to act. I serve you in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a people so vast it cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart to judge your people and distinguish right from wrong. For who is able to govern this vast people of yours? Well, essentially, God is well pleased with Solomon's attitude, and he grants him his wish. Now, Solomon asks for wisdom, and that's good. He asks for it because he's going to use it for the express purpose of serving God and God's people. He doesn't ask for, notice, he doesn't ask for a long life. He doesn't ask for power or honor or riches. If he were to ask for those things, it would be very self-serving. Worse yet, he wouldn't be willing to pay the high price of the kingdom of heaven. But he does just that. He completes, completely commits himself to God. And in doing so, now Solomon is fully alive. Now Solomon possesses the kingdom of heaven. Well, so too must we. You know, this is the reason why Jesus preaches these parables, for us to truly possess the kingdom of heaven. He wants nothing more than for us to possess that. How do we do that? By being the person that God created or intended us to be. See, when that happens, now we are fully alive. Now we give glory to God. How do we foster that relationship? A daily prayer life? The Eucharist? either once a week or, if you can, every day, service to others, stewardship, donating your time, your talent, your treasure, not for the express purpose of yourself, but for the needs of others, for building up the faith community. As Paul says in Corinthians, for the edification of the church, the building up of the church. See, these are all ways in which now we commit ourselves completely to God. And see, when that happens, now we possess the kingdom of heaven. 
now we possess something more valuable in this world as well as in the world to come, the kingdom of heaven, a relationship with God that is constantly nurturing us, constantly giving us the promise of eternal life. And that's all that we ever want. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.